Saturday and Sunday from 6 p.m. Cork's Red FM. to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM with me, Valerie Wheeler, with you until 7 o'clock tonight. We have plenty to get through on tonight's show. Of course, the delegates at the GA Special Congress have opted against changing the structures of football championship, so we'll have a catch-up with GA journalist from the Irish Sun, Jason Byrne. We're also going to hear from the president of the GA, Larry McCarthy, on his initial thoughts on today's vote and of course we're going to hear more from Tom Parsons well the CEO of the GPA we're going to have reaction from last night's Senior Hurling Championship Premier Senior Hurling Championship Middleton Selector will join us also Jer McCarthy caught up with Paul D. Murray during the week the former Cork Camogie manager so we're going to hear plenty more there's also Greyhound action tonight in Curraheen so Aidan Lee has been busy speaking to Brian Collins all that and more between now and 7 on the bench Welcome to the show. It is me, Valerie, with you until 7 o'clock tonight. We have a busy show and I know a lot happened today and the main news is Congress, which we will get to in just a little bit. But I just want to give a quick run through of some of the sporting action that happened today and is happening. So Chelsea have gone a four points clear uh, of the Premier League at the summit. The European champions hammered Norwich 7-0 at home, thanks in part to a Mason Mount hat-trick. Elsewhere in the Premier League, full-time scores Everton 2, Watford 5, Southampton 2, Burnley 2, a Crystal Palace 1 Newcastle 1 and it was 1 all between Leeds and Wolves as well in today's late start of Brighton entertaining Manchester City at the moment and it's ongoing since 5.30 and it is 2-0 when I just checked there a few moments ago um so yeah, elsewhere, former Ireland manager Mick McCarthy has been sacked at the championship side Cardiff City after their eight consecutive loss. They went down 2-0 at home to Middlesbrough today. In rugby, Ulster can return to the top of the URC table tonight. That is the United Rugby Championship if they beat Connacht at the Viva Stadium 5.15. I'll tell you more updates in just a little bit. Munster, meanwhile, are away to Ospreys and that game is at 7.35. In hockey, the Ireland women's hockey team have kept their hopes alive of qualifying for the World Cup, which I'm delighted about. Big, big fans of those ladies. Uh, they beat Belarus 3-2 this lunchtime. But there was heartbreak for the men's side. Meanwhile, they lost their World Cup qualifier with Wales in a shootout in Cardiff after a one-all draw. Now, in golf, Jonathan Caldwell a shot a third round 69 to stay around the top 30 of the Mallorca golf open with a round to go. Now I did mention that delegates at the GA Special Congress have opted against changing the structures of the All-Ireland Football Championship. Are we surprised? Maybe you want to get in touch 0868104106 tonight. Proposal B, which would have been introduced League Bay Championship, secured 50% of the vote but fell short of the required 60% needed for change. I know there's going to be plenty of disappointment around the place about that. I feel like there's, I was in Croke Park this morning and it was just a weird vibe afterwards. While Proposal A, which would have brought in four provincial groups with teams was rejected by 90% of the delegates thank God. It means the championship will revert back to the status quo next season without the Super 8s and without the introduction, and with the introduction sorry, of the Talton Cup. So it's very disappointing I think for a lot of players. A lot of players want to change and change is not what they've gotten. So I'm going to be joined on the line right now by Irish Sun GA journalist Jason Byrne. Jason welcome to the show. Thanks Valerie. Jason, I was going to call you a nominee of Popular Sports Writer of the Year. Do you prefer that title? Uh, no, not really, but <laughs> it was nice to get the shout during the week, Valerie. Thanks very much. You're very welcome. <laughs> You're hanging me out to drain <laughs> <laughs> Well, would you have expected anything less of me now, to be honest, Jason? Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. 
Jason. Leave it a crack anyway. Exactly, exactly. Jason, unfortunately, I'm not bringing you on to chat about happier circumstances today, but Proposal A and Proposal B were voted today and both of them were voted against. They were rejected. Uh, probably we did see signs of being rejected that some counties did speak out during the week about it, but did you feel disappointed maybe from today's um, reaction, Jason? Uh, I did a bit, sorry to be honest. Like I, I was of the... I was of the thought that maybe just bring in Proposal B, which of course is the league based championship, which cuts the links with the provincial championship. And I, I was, I was under the wish of maybe just bringing that in and maybe trailing it for two years, seeing how we go and making tweaks, making tweaks down the line. Um, but like I do get the feel from Congress today at Coke Park that there was a lot of desire for change in the room, but that a lot of delegates just weren't happy with the proposal that was actually on the table. But I was even reading through Twitter there, like, and the Cork delegates, who a lot of your listeners will be, uh, you know, represented by, um, spoke very well. And, you know, uh, Tracy Kennedy as well, who's now a central council delegate, was asking for um, voters, you know, to be brave and to just go and back change now and tweak as we go. But unfortunately, it just didn't get over the line. It was very, very close, though. Like, it was it was pretty much um, a 50-50 split on the motion in, in total, like, um it's just a pity that it didn't get over the line, you know. Um, so, like, it was very close. I think it was 50.6% uh, 50. of the room uh, wanted Proposal B to come in, and it needed 60% to get over the line. So, um, you know, it was it was a bit off, but it was closer than a lot of people maybe thought it would be as well. Proposal A was absolutely hammered at the gate, which I don't think is any surprise. I'm surprised that it was even voted on. Um, you know, there was even talk earlier this morning that it would just be removed from the car completely. But um, it was defeated by 90%. So that just gives you an idea that nobody at all was up for rejigging the, the provinces a wee bit, um, which was probably right. You know, it was that would have been a really brave and bold move, and I don't think it would have worked. But Proposal B did definitely tickle my fancy. It definitely wasn't perfect. Um, I saw, like, former Carlo manager, Turk O'Brien, making some very valid points during the week as well. That, you know, it's, it doesn't address a lot of the issues in the GA, and one of those is definitely funding. Um, you know, you do have your elite teams. They've got vast um, purses to, to dip into throughout the year, while other teams are really, really struggling. So that is a massive issue that does need to be addressed, regardless of the format. But all the same, Valerie, we're going back to the to as we were in 2022, with the likes of Leitrim possibly being hammered by Mayo, and, you know teams in, in Munster being um, humbled by the likes of Kerry as well. So I am a bit disappointed, but, you know, I saw Larry McCarthy as well saying that, you know, he, he's not sure if any um, proposal for change would be ready in time to have something on the car for, for next February in time for the 2023 championship. But look, the desire's there, and that is definitely something to build on. So it'll be interesting to see what comes, but it's as you were for next year anyway. And to be honest, I think the biggest thing in all of this is that 80% of the players that did vote wanted the change and now there was no change. So what does that say to our players now at home today going, well, we want to change and now it's not been made. So where do you think that leaves them? Yeah, it's an interesting one, Barry. Like, I'm a Donegal man and I've been talking to a couple of their more seasoned players um, just in the last couple of weeks, just completely off the record, and they all want to change. But the Ringall County Board came out yesterday and said that they were voting against both proposals. So they, there's one prime example of a county not listening mm. to their players. And um, Mayo came out yesterday and said they were going against everything, and then the argument was being slapped at them that Mayo maybe have it handy and connect, and they want things to stay the same because they have got a fairly easy path 
to the latter stages of the championship if they can get over Galway and you know Roscommon have won a couple of Connacht titles recently too but um, you know all in all it's hard to see the likes of Mayo maybe losing and then Connacht in the next couple of years given where they're at at the moment um, so like it's it'll be interesting to see how the how the players view this and the opinions that will be coming out from them between now and Christmas on this um, because so many of them did want change and they haven't been given that now like Andy Morton's just taken over Leitrim. Mm-hmm. One of the first things he said was he wanted the proposal B to come in. Um, you know, if you're a Leitrim player now heading into next year and you're drawn against Galway or Mayo or even Roscommon in the Connacht Championship, where does that leave you? Um, you know, we've we've seen Leitrim County Board officials come out and say that even families of some of the players didn't want to go to that game against Mayo and Castlebar um, during the summer and we can see why they stayed away because they were absolutely trounced. And these things just achieve nothing. Um, I'll be very interested to hear the, the views of Colin Collins as well, the Clare manager, because he was one of the few inter-county managers and voices actually in the room today. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd done a big interview with him a couple of weeks ago back in Proposal B. And I think he's the longest-serving manager in the senior inter-county football championship now as well. So he'll be leaving Croke Park very disappointed today as well, because he was on the same wavelength as the players. So... Look, hopefully change is coming. Like it, this, of course, this isn't just for the players that are playing right now. This is for the long-term future. This is for your inter-county stars that are going to be coming down the tracks and the lads who will be household names in five, ten years. So you have to think long-term with these things as well. But can you see some players now thinking today that the probably change is going to happen? Can you see some of these walking away from inter-county panels over the next couple of weeks and months? Because would you stick around for two championships, championship games to get hammered as well? Like when there's maybe a J1 on the line and a holiday and, you know, would you keep the demand that's there for the inter-county? Will we be able to keep those players that wanted the change? Yeah, I can definitely see players walking away, Valerie, like especially the lads, as you mentioned there, who might be um, at the younger uh, side of the age demographic. You know, if you're a, if you're playing for what, say, or Longford and Leinster or Dublin aren't going to be stopped. I know a lot of people said the gap closed this year and it did a wee bit, but Dublin were well below par. They're going to be back roaring like a monster again next year. Like if you're a young lad in Longford or Loud or whatever and there's a J1 on the table, why wouldn't you go? Or then again, if you're a more senior player in the panel and you're 35, 34, whatever, the same age as me, um, you'd, you know, you'd probably just pack it in. Mm. Um, maybe I'm being too um, harsh there, like, but I don't know, like, may- maybe it'll force a lot of those lads to kind of call it quits now as well because a lot of them would have been hoping for just something different to go and play for next year and just see what happens. Like, you know, Mm. By all means, the cream always rises to the top, but like it would have gave a lot more scope for a fairy tale at the latter stages, and that's what we want, you know. I know we did have Cabin and Tipperary winning their Monster and Ulster titles in 2020, and that was fantastic. Um, but like, I, it's hard to see, you know, teams like that getting to the business end of the summer again. Um, when we're when we're talking about the championship, the 2022 championship this time next year. Yeah, I just think it's crazy that they'll be training the same amount of time as the likes of Dublin and eight or nine months of the year and then they play two games and they're gone. I mean, the crazy training, they're giving up everything and I just think it's it's quite disrespectful, I think, maybe that they wanted the change and it didn't happen. Yeah, I can, I can definitely see your point, Valerie. Like it's a, a lot of the delegates just don't listen to players and a lot of them are self-serving, especially when it comes to the Provincial Council. It's like a... Brian McAvoy, the CEO of the Ulster Council, like I thought his comments 
in regards to the proposals were awful and I, I, I just thought he was saying what what he was saying was so out of touch with yeah. what you're hearing from players and the same from Michael Reynolds at, at the Leinster Council and um, you know everyone saw that clip of him on, on off the ball AM last week and you know these lads are meant to be representing the boys that are putting on their boots every week and going out and training on Tuesday and Thursday night and not getting home till next time and you know it's it's a huge commitment now it really really is like you know Everybody knows that at this stage. Like, there's, there's lads not going to weddings, there's lads missing family occasions, there's lads not getting to travel the world because they're putting everything into this cause and they're not getting to maximise that with the system that's in place because the provincial system is absolutely broken. It has been for a long time. And in my personal opinion, I'm not just saying this because I'm from Donegal, I think the Ulster Championship is the only one that is really competitive. And then, with all due respect as well, like if, if a team is drawn in the preliminary round of an Ulster Championship, Toronto are Ireland, all Ireland champions now, right? If Fermanagh are drawn against them in the preliminary round of the Ulster Championship next year, they would have to play five games to get to an all Ireland semi final. Whereas, with all due respect, Kerry might have to just play two. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's just, doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, it is crazy. I actually was um, listening to Radio 1 on the way home from Dublin and I did see here on RT um, someone from Donegal actually saying that the reason why they're voting against it because there wasn't enough debate around it this week and Jesus Jason, surely all all that we've done is debate this proposal be over the last few weeks. Has there not been enough debate over it? Like what, what do you think are their concerns? Oh, I definitely think there's been enough debate. Like this proposal was, you know, drafted up nearly two years ago um, when John Horn put together um, the Fixtures Review Task Force and it was all laid out and you know it probably was buried a bit in the last year and a half because obviously COVID you know we didn't even know like I was meeting you at games last year Valerie and there was nobody there and yeah. you know we were we were wondering when everything was going to be pulled from underneath us again and surely enough that happened in January this year and thanks but God the season got back up and running again and there was no major COVID concerns like we had the Tyrone Kerry fiasco in the all Ireland semi-finals but Tyrone obviously sorted themselves out and it worked out okay for them but you know those dark days um, kind of took the driving seat for a few months and rightly so and the health of the nation and rightly so so you know the likes of championship proposals and everything else weren't really in the limelight until Sam McGuire was lifted this year and then it was time to look at things and Special Congress was, which of course wasn't even penned in until today because, um, you know, the government restrictions were about to be lifted and everything else. So, um, interesting to see if any of the delegates were in coffers last night and maybe that's why they voted the wrong way today. <laughs> oh my God, speaking of that, did you see the queue for coppers? It was absolutely mental. I'd love to have been a part of it myself, to be honest. Oh, I very, I'll be honest, the next time in Dublin I'll be, I'll be heading down that direction for sure. <laughs> We'd be fighting each other to get in first in the queue, I'd say. But yeah, before, yeah. before I let you go, what now? What happens now? Would you be worried that maybe this will be, you know, shoved under the carpet for a while or do you think... Now, I heard Larry saying it, and I'll play it in just a little bit for you. He, he wants to make it happen and happen fast. Yeah, I, I don't think it'll be shoved under the carpet this time. Um, we've seen a lot of these proposals and ideas for change being shoved under the carpet before, but I think there's just far too much noise around it now. I think we are definitely going to see change. Um, maybe even not in t- maybe if it's not in time for the 2023 championship, definitely for the 2024 championship, because... There's enough support behind it now to get something done 
to bring something really meaningful in terms of the championship and really breathe life into it and give every team a chance. And it might even be something not far off what proposal he entails. Um, but, you know, you're never going to keep everyone happy. It's never going to be perfect. But just go with something and change it as we go, you know. And, you know, like, there'll, there'll be different things when, when the product's actually on the table and matches are being played. There'll be different things coming into the limelight. And that's where you make your tweaks and you keep going. And, like, the GA have shown when the, when they need to be pro- progressive, they can. They introduced the split season on the back of, you know, it was one of the, the positives that COVID did bring, even though it was a very serious thing. The split season came into the GA, which which is massive, and that's going to be massive for a long time. And it's here now, and two years ago, we never thought we'd see that. So hopefully that sort of progressive thinking can keep coming and something can change because... Um, you know, the way, the way we're going now just, just can't continue. Yeah, 85 delegates voted in favour and 83 against, but the kind of the news from the room was that even the people that voted against were in favour of a change, which is probably the one positive thing to come from today. Let's finish on a positive, maybe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, that, that's that's just what I was saying there as well. But right, like the, the mood for change is there across the board. It does seem to be in fairness. Nobody's just being draconian here and saying... No, it has to be your four provincial winners and, you know, anyone harping back to the good old days in the 70s and 80s. That that, that line of thinking seems to be gone, thank God. But, um, you know, it's up to everybody now collectively to to get the good brains together and get a good proposal on the table and get something that's actually going to get across the line. Um, because the naysayers are going to nitpick it at anything that they see as a flaw if it's coming to the table and it's just more time wasting where, you know, you're just running that lap and not getting to the finish line at all. So, you know, the GPA have been very vocal in this in the past few weeks and Tom Parsons has already said that they intend to have something on the table at Clare at Congress next February. So, um, you know, if they're proactive and a lot of the great administrators up and down the country and indeed across the, the globe are proactive, then hopefully we can have something at the Clare next February. Maybe Larry's comments when he says it could be tight are on the money and it might need to go to a special congress again this time next year who knows but um, I can definitely see change coming soon please God Brilliant I haven't seen you in a while but I will be seeing you tomorrow in below on the Gaelic grounds in Limerick we'll both be at the Limerick County final you'll be there yourself will you? Uh, well of course Valerie yeah, I can't wait should be should be a great game um, I haven't covered a game down at the Gaelic grounds now in a long time so I'm looking forward to getting back to Limerick and we're looking forward to welcoming you to Limerick. I'm living in Limerick, so we can't wait. Um, thanks so much for chatting to us about Special Congress, and hopefully the next time we'll be chatting, it'll be something more positive, and maybe the changes will be made, all right? Absolutely, Valerie. Thank you. Thanks, thanks for having Jason. me. All right, Jason Byrne of the Irish Sun there, GA journalist, chatting to me about Congress today. Um, yeah, there's plenty more reaction. Uh, plenty of text coming in. I'll get to them in just a little bit. 0868104106. So the president of the GA, Larry McCarthy, did have a chat today after to the press on his initial reaction to no change being made after him himself during the week said he preferred proposal B. Let's take a listen. Um, having said during the week that I would, I hope we would be bold, um, I guess based on the result, for me, we weren't bold enough in terms of it didn't pass. Um, but having said that, obviously we're looking forward to a pretty altered landscape anyway for the championship in 2021 um, but yeah I would like to see in the pass. Also he spoke about when the change might come into conversation again because as I did ask Jason a while ago I thought that you know sometimes when these things come up they could be forgotten about well let's take a listen to what Larry had to say. I expect that we will revisit this very very quickly 
I'm not so sure we'll have something for February, but I mean, in the yeah, I mean, there's there's an appetite for change in the majority, and I think every speaker um, said they like change. It probably was well in a lot of cases it wasn't the type of change that was proposed. So we'll be back to it. Yeah, there's a mandate there for change, no doubt. Also, CEO of the GPA chairman, uh, GPA chairman, sorry, Tom Parsons did speak to Jonathan Higgins after the GA Special Congress. So let's take a listen to this. Yeah, players are going to be disappointed. There's no doubt about it. And I'm just hugely proud of the effort and the voice of players consulting with their, their county executives and, and the effort put in by the likes of Niall Morgan and Podge Collins and Kieran Kilkenny and Mickey Quinn, like really putting, you know, that level of engagement effort on the line you know look in in October there's sentiments that this hadn't a chance of passing it did get the majority today it got 51% it didn't get 60% we're very disappointed with that um, but you know we, we won't stop with, with chase and change and we hope that um, you know we, it's brought to Congress in February and, and we, we build on what was what was debated today it was very clear throughout the week, you know, the survey results were very adamant, but I thought your speech on the floor was very passionate, very informed, you you highlighted, you know, you give examples of various players up and down the country that were all in favour of this. Is that a disappointment ultimately then as well, that those players' wishes ultimately weren't carried out here today? Yeah, like a lot of players would be very proud of how the Sligo um, delegates, the, the, the Offaly, the Corks, um, the clear delegates spoke and fought on behalf of the players so it did make a difference um, it wasn't heard by, by all delegates no, um, but, but you know if there's any fears uh, that, or any adjustments that can be made that alleviate some of the fears that delegates had uh, we just need to build on this now and, and, and not, not take our foot off the gas, change has to come, um, so look we'll be consulting back with players and, 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 and talking about what's the next steps yeah, I suppose that's the one positive omen to take out of today is even people that have spoke against it. The motion, I, th- I don't think I heard anybody that didn't say change isn't required. So I suppose there is some food for thought really there. There's something t- tangible to take forward into the future. Yeah, every, everyone mentioned change and nobody is, is disagreeing with uh, the, the, the competitive games and ending brut- brutal mismatches and uh, allowing teams to develop in the summer months by guaranteeing them games. So people aren't disagreeing with that uh, we, we need to make maybe small tweaks um, to alleviate some fears but we just need to get working on this you know ASAP and you know the GPA will be certainly looking to do that and consult with their members uh, you know as soon as possible It's probably going to be difficult disappointment conversations to have I suppose everyone hoped that this would get over the line now you have to go back and say oh no this doesn't work we've seen players come out and say the importance of this but now I suppose it's going to be one of your challenges in the next while is go back as that didn't happen what do we do now I suppose there were difficult conversations to have there were but like players have done an amazing job here like they, there's no doubt about it they've shifted the dial um, that we got the majority we didn't get the 60, 60% that doesn't mean that uh, we'll take our foot off the gas and I'm asking players to, to keep keep that energy you know and, and also like the media has been brilliant in f- facilitating this debate Gaelic football needs it like it, it, it needs it um, so we just need to keep having the, ba- the debate and the GPA will be absolutely committed to, to, to work with the GA to get something tabled for February and something maybe in place for 2023 Is that the hope to get something in place for 23? Absolutely Yeah that's probably going to be a challenge. Some of the GA headquarters, uh, top table, have said that's going to be a challenge. Probably special Congress. Uh, it's going to be more hard work to get that graft and get that over the line. 
Yeah, and I think it's I think it's warranted. Uh, like I think we need to respect the the effort and the, the commitment by players to really echo the importance of change. Like we are, you know, every every time there's a mismatch, like our players aren't developing, and we need to put players first. And if that means getting in a room for Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and getting the best minds of of the GA, the GPA, and other stakeholders uh, in the room to to come up with a formula that works and hold a special com- congress, I don't think that's unwarranted. Our games need it. Um, and we need to make it happen and I believe there's enough time between now and February and certainly next year to make it happen for 2023. Alright, Tom Parsons speaking to Jonathan Higgins after the GA Special Congress today when Proposal B was voted against. So hopefully now, you heard Larry just a few moments ago, he hopes to, you know, maybe put a panel together quickly and a new panel together. Actually, I heard him talking on RT1 on the way down here today and that they want to try and get the show emotions again I suppose and make that change to the players because a lot of them wanted it so it is probably disappointing for a lot of players it'll be interesting to see will people continue to play now Middleton booked their place in the co-op Superstores Premier Senior Hurling Championship last night a 23.19 win over Aaron's own saw Gerard Fitzgerald's side advance where they'll face the winners of Douglas and Blackrock Oshie Langan spoke to Middleton selector Terence McCarthy after last night's game in Parky Cueve let's take a listen Terence you've beaten Aaron's own in the co-op Superstores Cork Senior Hurling Championship quarter finally you must be very happy first of all with the result oh incredibly so you know after coming from you know 10 days ago against ours being beaten by 10 points and you know obviously wondering where you're going to be and uh, playing a team like Aaron's own obviously with great tenacity and never die and so we never knew when it was going to be when we were over the line it was until Lewis was blown so fantastic I know that they lost the man early in the second half but still you were tested still this was a challenge posed to you and you showed character guts determination and skill to get through it so that must be very pleasing yeah we spoke about that after the game actually because I suppose there would be a question the lads there the people would have been criticising whether they had the heart for it etc even amongst our own people I suppose it was justified after the last performance and the players put it right so we're delighted with that you know and, and the manner they did it in Connor got some nice points out there today and showed for the ball Luke O'Farrell the same but uh, young Tommy O'Connell was all over the place in a good way. Uh, Cormac Walsh also really stepping up today. Some good performers out there. I've mentioned a couple. Like I could mention a whole lot more. Yeah, I mean, like, Cormac would be first to tell you as well. Cormac Walsh, he was under a bit of pressure coming into the game. And he responded magnificently. He set the tone, actually, in the first half, coming up the field, getting a few points. And I thought Luke Deneen really set the tone to start of the match as well, full-back. He had a great performance. Outside of those star players, as you mentioned, Tommy, fantastic game. Connor got a point there that falling backwards, covered the air and over the bar. It was incredible. Have you found a balance now going into the semi-finals? Because I suppose the first round was about getting through and maybe settling things. This was about showing a bit of something, and you have... The semi-final now, no matter who it's against, you need to maybe show a bit more, but you seem to be in a good place going into it. Yeah, I suppose every team will tell you when you have a defeat, you have to try and change something. And uh, the lads are very mature there, even fellas who weren't picked, you know, driving on the, the other lads. But yeah, to find a couple more people, we have 20 players used, and uh, you know, we know that we're very happy bringing any fella onto the team. And I thought Alex worked there tonight, you know, at 18 years of age. Playing, you know, 35, 40 minutes there. He's out to find out what it's about, and I've no doubt with the talent he has that he'll be, he'll be great again going forward. The goalkeeper Saunderson. You told me today he's 18. If I was to watch that performance without being told his age, I would say about 30. He looked so solid, and there was one moment where he pushed the ball over the crossbar, and it was the right decision because a lot of guys might have panicked and dropped it or tried to flip it away. He made the right decision. It's, it's good to have a guy 
in between the sticks like that who is so good at decision making, especially so young. Yeah, I mean that is the point of the team, and uh, you know we had Tommy Wallace and goals there for many years, and Joel Loftus the last couple of years, and Brian came in, and he's brought a lot from the Cork setup. And look, any any goalkeeper in today's day and age with the with the puck outs go, he's going to make some mistakes, and maybe not even mistakes. Maybe the backs aren't going to the right positions for him, but he was very very mature there tonight. We were delighted with him. Some of his puck outs are amazing. Well done. Best of luck in the semi final. Whoever that semi final is against, no doubt you'll uh, kick back and enjoy the quarterfinals on Sunday. Oh, very much so. It's nice to watch it on Sunday. It's fantastic. Thanks, Oshin. Oshin Langan chatting to Terence McCarthy there of Middleton last night. Now, it is half time in the Premier League, and Man City are 3 0 up to Brighton, and Foden just got the latest goal there, 31 minutes on the clock. So it is half time. I'll keep you up to date on that. In just a little bit, we'll be hearing from Jer McCarthy as he caught up with former. No, it's weird saying it because you'd nearly continue saying he is Cork Camogie manager, Paddy Murray. So I'm sure. Miss the show? Grab the Big Red Bench podcast at redfm.ie. Cork's Red FM. Welcome back to the Big Red Bench on Cork's Red FM. Now, plenty more to get through, including a preview of tomorrow's Camogie final. But first up, former Cork Camogie manager Paddy Murray caught up with Ger McCarthy. Ger is great. His podcast is out every week, so make sure you take a listen. It is up online. He's brilliant for women in sport. But let's take a listen to Ger now chatting to Paddy Murray. Now, I'm delighted to be joined by the former Cork senior Camogie manager, Paddy Murray, who has stepped down from his role after a hugely successful stint. Paddy, um, firstly, um, I suppose we can't say congratulations or commiserations because, look, you've stepped down from a role that you made a success of and that you had great, uh, you made huge strides with. Um, can I ask you, first of all, what, did you just feel it was time to step away, that other opportunities were coming up, might come up for you? And how, how hard a decision has it been for you? I suppose, look, uh, I... I probably had my mind made up early this year uh, I suppose look I've been involved with the Cork uh, Red Logue under 16 uh, boys for the last uh, I suppose two years under 15 last year under 16 this year um, you know and I suppose hoping to, to go further with them so um, if that was the case well this was going to be my last year so yeah look mind made up fairly early Um I suppose sad that we didn't crack it. I suppose that's the only thing that that I can say about this year. But I think uh, we have left things in a very, very healthy state. There is a very young team, uh, extremely young. If you judge it against the top two kicking in Galway, we are, I think, on average five years a player uh, younger. Uh, I think there's a great culture within that, that set up now. Uh, you know, I know for a fact that the players are looking to go back training nearly straight away um, so obviously it is very important that the person that comes in that builds on that and is better than what we have done uh, so I think that's key that's how they think Hold, I, I say it again Paddy like it's obvious the work that you've put in in your backroom team we know you've got great admiration for and huge time for um how difficult when you're so when as you can everyone even neutrals can say Cork we're so close this year how difficult did that make the step to move away well look the loss um, has been difficult there's no question about it um, you know I, I would say that the management team are very hot over it uh, we were very close I think if we had pulled it off it probably would have been our uh, probably greatest victory uh, I don't think people from outside understand the difference in age of our team versus uh, you know Galway that day Um 
and and I suppose the difference that make it makes on the pitch, you know, physically uh, wise, we were second best. But look, there's an age difference there, and that's going to, you know, that's going to happen. Um, you know, but I suppose when we look back in it, our, our conversion rate it was really under fifty percent. Theirs is over seventy percent. So there lies the problem in that we created opportunities for ourselves and just didn't execute. And, you know, uh, I suppose that's hard to take. Um, not alone in Cork, Potty, but to be fair to you, outside of Cork, you've helped raise the profile of Camogie over the past, I mean, you're in the position since 2002, or sorry, 2012, and you've helped raise the profile of Camogie and brought Camogie to a level in the in the national media and the mainstream where it should be, um, with the respect that it deserves. Are you leaving Cork Camogie, you're leaving Cork Camogie in a better place than you found it, but the game of Camogie as a whole, the physicality, the chain, the kind of the consi- consistency or inconsistency of refereeing, as you leave Camogie behind you, what state do you, do you find it in now? Oh, I think you just have to look at the All Ireland final and see uh, where it is. You know, the most people that would have stopped me and the level of Texas I got after that game would indicate that you know the game has changed dramatically all for the better it has now become a really really exciting game probably a better watch than a lot of the hurling games so um, you know it's improved dramatically I think that um it can improve more. I think certainly uh, the 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 Camogie Association needs a major shake up there. I, I still think that you know um, probably better caliber people need to get in there. I and I've said it a number of times. I think it needs to come under the G umbrella. I think the sooner that happens, the better this game will grow. Um, and I think that's really the next step. And until that happens. Um, you know, I think that things will be slow. Um, asking an intercounty Camogie manager which is the favourite of their All Ireland victories is asking a parent which was their favourite kid. So I know each of them meant a huge amount to you, but was the one in two in, in twenty fourteen the first one? Was that significant, or are they all equal equally important uh, to? You? Not really. Look, I suppose the two that we won by a point. Yeah. Um, you know, probably would stand out there. You know, it's kind of difficult, you know. Look, uh, I suppose maybe the first one that um, we won by a pint, I think that was in 2017, mm-hmm. uh, you know, because we were coming up against a really, really good Gilkini team that played a really defensive system. Um we had to be very patient that day in the use of the ball, you know, uh, particularly coming from a very traditional county that just wanted to belt the ball down the field. Uh, we had to be very, very patient that day. We knew it was going to be a, a low-scoring game, um, probably coming up to that. Uh, Jim had been injured, you know, was she going to play, that kind of thing. So to come and win that by point, I suppose, would be probably the one that would stand out. Now, as we conduct this interview, nothing has been confirmed about your next step or where you may or may not be going. But your association previously with the Cork Under-16 hurlers, um, there's a suggestion that that is an area where you might move into within the Cork hurling uh, underage coaching setup. 
if that was to become available to you, is that something that would excite you and something that you would be looking forward to? And also, was this the time for a change, Paddy, even though you were so close with the Camogie All-Irelands? Is, is a fresh start with something new, something that's going to invigorate you and, and, and you know, get the juices flowing again? Well, look, it's obviously an area that I'm interested in getting into. Uh, I have been uh, working with the under-16s uh, this year. Look, you probably like to have things done differently or better this year, but obviously COVID being a major problem uh, this year and last year, it's probably getting access to your players. Um, you know, would I like to go forward with them again? Absolutely. Uh, but that is not my decision. That's a decision for the Cork County Board, and I've got to respect that. Um but if I am, you know, I suppose the only thing I can say is that I will give it everything um, to, to, I suppose, answer your question in relation to was my time up with Cork Camogie. Um, it probably was. Um, I always felt that a fresh voice was important. Um, I'm very conscious that the next person coming in uh, needs to bring the standard higher and it's getting that person in there is 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 going to be uh, you know is, is, is a major decision now right um, I suppose look I have a connection there I'm 10 years there probably a lot of these players have grown up uh, so I have major loyalty there as well so I just don't want to see it fall flat its face you know so mm. uh, um, but I, I still think that you know look my energy levels probably weren't what they were probably two years ago um, and I, I can understand that party because the demands of inter-county management at Camogie level are now as intense as GEA and ladies football I think that's a fair comment yeah it is look um, I think it was easier back along um I suppose, look, I'm in the mortgage business. Uh, 2012, we were going through a currency crisis, a recession, etc. And probably business was quite compared with what, you know, this week, this year has been extremely busy here for our business. Um, so uh, trying to juggle, um, trying to juggle work and giving it your all uh, outside that then to Kokomogi was, look, there's, there's no doubt it, there was probably uh, weeks that you had very little sleep well I think just looking back on your record at Cork Camogie both on and off the pitch your influence on Cork Camogie and Camogie as a whole um, I think you should be very proud of what you achieved and the time that you've been in charge whatever comes next party everybody here in the big red bench um, wishes you all the best um, we hope you're as successful in whatever you do next as you have been for Cork Camogie and thanks for all your time with the media especially you've been really really accessible you've given us access to the players as well and made our coverage and our job a lot easier so best of luck to you in whatever comes next Paddy Murray chatting to Jeremy McCarthy I must say I too must thank Paddy for giving me all the time of day I had great fun at chatting to him on the sideline this year Paddy is great to chat to um, so best luck to him now before I preview the county final tomorrow I want to talk about Greyhound Racing and the final of the Irish Laurels takes place this evening at Curraheen Park Aidan has been speaking to Brian Collins uh, the racing manager at Curraheen Park about one of the most illustrious nights in the sporting calendar let's take a listen 
Joining me on the line is Brian Collins, racing manager at Curraheen Park. Brian, thanks for chatting with us. Thanks, Aidan. Uh, first of all, I suppose I, I know there wasn't a big restrictions lift that we thought there would be, but um, I'm sure what has been lifted will uh, make what was uh, a great night even more enjoyable. Absolutely, yeah. Look, I suppose it's been a difficult 18, 19 months for everybody. Um, we've been looking that we've been able to, to stay going you know, for for the most part behind closed doors. Uh, and, um, you know, we've been very lucky that the public have bought into the restrictions that we did impose. And, you know, there's there's some lifting, but there's also some more restrictions on Saturday night. But, you know, it's it's not, nothing we can't get through and we're looking forward to a great night. So doors open at six o'clock and first race is, is 20 past seven with the, with the final on at 14 minutes past nine. Um, you know, and uh, we're asking people to get there early, and if they can book online on on GRI GRI.ie or, or CorrieHeenPark.ie. Uh, Thirty thousand euro up for grabs, of course, in the Irish Greyhound Laurels final. Um, it's a, a wide open race by all accounts. Um, run us through the contenders. Yeah, it's a cracking final. Out to be fair, it was it was a brilliant stake. I suppose the only negative from from a car point of view is that it's the first year in in four or five years that we've had not uh, a local runner. Um, we've been blessed, I suppose, in the last three winners were, were three local dogs. But look, it's a brilliant, brilliant final. And, um, you know, they're there on merit and we have some of the best dogs in the country. In trap one, one time only, he was a dog that took a bit of time to get going. Um, he came with a bit of a reputation as being a very promising sort. But like I think last week, he showed his true potential with a 28-33. In trap two, uh, Droopy's good. He's a dog that's well-known around the country. He's a top-class sort. He hasn't put his best foot forward in Corrigan Park to date, but I suppose there's only one night to do it, and that's the final night. Trap three, Belly McFair won. He's a top-class dog. He's, he's an English Derby finalist. He's a multiple big race uh, finalist and, and winner. Um, you know, he's probably going to go off on uh, go off favour her joint favour on the night, drawn in trap three. Trap four, Epic Hero, last year's ledger winner in Limerick. Real pacey sort, a dog that will never give up. He'd be coming from probably behind um, and, you know, has definitely a big, big life chance. Trap five was the anti-post favourite and one of the main favourites throughout the stake, Skywalker Barry. He's been sensational in the stake. The big negative for him is the trap draw. He'd prefer to be drawn in trap one or two. He's a top-class dog. He won the Clona Blaze at Stud Stake earlier in the year in Curraheen Park. Um, he's not without a chance, but the draw not suitable. And in trap six, uh, sweep the yard from the Graham Holling Kennel. Uh, another man that has tasted success in the Laurels on numerous occasions. We'll probably start the outside of the field, but you know, would you rule him out? A brilliant, brilliant final. I mean, I couldn't call it anyway. It's very interesting that uh, Kerry trainer Liam Dowling, he hasn't had a winner in the Laurels uh, with all the success he's had over the last couple of years. So it sounds like though he's a great chance uh, Saturday. Absolutely, yeah. Like I suppose he hit the post on a few occasions and was a bit unlucky, uh, but um, you know has a big chance. I mean, his two dogs that he entered in the Laurels this year, Belly McWild and Belly McFair, won, they ran really, really well throughout the stake. I suppose Belly McWild was very unlucky last week. He just got clipped at the bend and... He just lost enough momentum for him to lose his position. He was terribly, terribly unlucky. But look, Belly McFair one is there. He's he's a high class sort. He's really well drawn and I'm sure Liam would love to win the Laurels after all these years. Well it's shaping up to be a great night at Curraheen Park and a fantastic final in store. Brian, thanks a million for, for chatting with us and uh, enjoy the night. Thanks, Aidan. Aidan and Brian chatting their head of the racing this evening. Now, County Final Sunday sees Inascara face Sean Dunn appearing. No one could have predicted the start of the year, but here is Inascara captain Aoife Kavanagh speaking with Jer. Yeah, we're really looking forward to it. Um, I suppose we feel we've um, appointed who ourselves to, um, having been in the last two County Finals last two years and having lost them. Um, we're 
really looking forward to this weekend and hoping to have a better outcome than the last few years. Um, yeah, I wasn't going to kind of refer back to that, but now that you've mentioned it, um, to be fair to Inescara, this is your sixth final in a row. And as I said to your manager, Stephen McCormick, I mean, granted, you haven't had success in the last couple of years, but if you're reaching that many finals, you're doing something right, both at senior and underage level in the club. Yeah, look, we've been very fortunate with the underage players coming through. Um, there's a few of us now that are at the other end of the, <laughs> of the age bracket. So, like, each year there's new girls coming on to the panel and it's brilliant because they're pushing the rest of us to training. There's competition in every game for your starting positions. So, I think that's a massive driving factor for us. Um, yeah, and training, as I said, is just so competitive. It's great. And standing to us in the matches so far anyway so hopefully it'll yeah. keep going have you noticed that more so this year than other years Aoife I know you've mentioned the younger players that are coming in and they shone in that semi-final win over the bars but in terms of training and being pushed it happens every year to every every senior team but especially this year yeah yeah um, look as I said like the underage structure in the sky is great Um there's like there's been a few girls now. Our junior teams are, have been successful the last couple of years, and there's just more and more coming up through the lines um, each year. Now, like we were unfortunate to lose a few this year, and you'd be reflecting on the big names like that. But then when you have these younger girls coming through, it's a real driving factor. So we're very grateful for them.